All right. Well, hey, welcome back to the <laughs> pandemic podcast, everyone. Welcome back to the the Doomsday Podcast. <laughs> well, hey, that was a uh, picker upper, cheering up a little chat. Knowledge, experience, inner calmness, vocation, people skills. Time management skills and employability. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Fitness. Goes on a little thing about the dive master myth. Just for a couple of weeks. Just a couple of weeks, man. Just, just still be here. Flatten the curve. Hey, hey, flatten the curve. All right, let's. We'll, we'll stick to the plan. We'll stick to the okay. Plan. So, hey, welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast, everyone. Are you ready to go pro? Yeah, I want to get rich. I heard well, I could get I have rich. Got the job for you. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. So the last couple of weeks, we were going through the discussion about is diving certification really necessary, thanks to this ever-growing post on Scuba Board that is now. Three pages deep into uh, Nitrox stickers, wrap stickers on, a, on your Nitrox. <laughs> <laughs> like, like any good school board thread, it starts in one place and ends far, Somewhere. far, far away. It ends with Hitler. I told you it ends with Hitler. <laughs> no, Hitler was on page three. I, but that was more of a comedy Hitler. We needed a little more serious, realistic Hitler reference. You know, not only did it spark a lot of comments and suggestions and talk on the, the board itself, it did so on our webpage comments. It, it has so on our Facebook page comments. It has so in our email and our messages over on Facebook as well. So it, it, it's creating a lot of, a lot of chatter, a lot of, a lot of talk. Even, even around my dinner table. It's bled into my personal life. Oh, are you, you, your your family's finally talking to you about the Great Dive Podcast? Oh, yeah. So I would like to say that we do get mentioned again in this scuba board thread. Yeah. But he says, the Great Dive Podcast is a goldmine of fun stuff and useful information and a great way to burn an hour in the car. Hell, yeah. It's just too... Hells, yeah. Hells, I mean, hells yeah. 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 It's just two real people that love to dive and share their perspective of fun stories and topics. And I, I would say that that's uh, almost exactly word for word what we do. It's kind of the mission. Yeah. Yeah. Change, says, well, you forgot to, wanting to change the industry community. Yeah. But yeah. He, said, he says it's like the old classic comedy duos. 
<laughs> with yeah. James, with James playing the straight comedian while usually using carefully worded opinions and stories, and then Brando is well the opposite. Well, yeah, <laughs> someone's got to be real here. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> there are a bunch of other podcasts that have good info, but they are dry and come across as condescending and turn me off. While the Great Dive podcast can still be direct, and Brando can go on a rant. But I'm laughing all the way through it. I, th- I think uh, I think we've done our job, Brando. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I can. I'm good for a few chuckles. I think uh, I, I think you have a lot of fun with your rants, but you're always there's all there's always a nugget of there's a nugget of truth. There's some bit of in truth that, in the rants. in that wild <laughs> rambling old man on his front lawn. <laughs> Watering his grass and squirting the kids on bikes as they go rolling past. There's, there's well, a there's a James, nugget of realism in there somewhere. As as I've grown older, I realize that you know your energy level, the spark, if you will, of life is in your is in that passion. If you don't have it, you know, it becomes rather mundane and and uh, boring. And um, so when you combine the two, you get a rant. You get a passionate. Sick of talking nice. I, I, you know how most of my life I've I've been. I'm a very you know soft spoken. Especially if you talk to my family, I'm a soft spoken guy. I don't go on rants with my family, for the most part. But if I do, they know. Okay, stay away from him. Yeah, uh, Katie, so, bar the door. Yeah, there's uh, you know, <laughs> I have a little passion for for what I'm speaking of and. To me, it has been the spark of life. Keeps me going. Otherwise, I just look around and go, ah, fuck this. Yeah, well. That's what happens as you get older. You get, like, tired of saying the same thing over and over and over nicely. Here's a, This is a rant in and of itself. <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> this is a rant about ranting. <laughs> and here we go. I didn't think it was possible for somebody to give possible. a rant about ranting, but you're doing a hell of a job. I go, think you. you can rant just about anything. <laughs> well, listen. Uh, so basically, I think if we could summarize really quickly our position on those last two episodes was it is stemming from the top down, right? It's because, in our opinion, when you have somebody pushed so quickly through the through the system to keep the economics of the machine working, you have an unprepared inexperienced professional teaching something that they really haven't really internalized yet fully themselves. So the students get that fast water down class too, and it perpetuates itself. Would you, would you say that was our basic gist? Yeah. I just want to add, you use a few terms that like to clarify, uh, for example, professional, they're professional in the sense that they hold the credential of a professional but they don't hold the ability, skill level, wisdom, experience that a professional should have in most every other, or many every other. I mean, there are other areas that use this cheap shotgun approach to, to try to get numbers up in their respective areas or communities. But anyway, the the idea you're professional basically because you bought that card that's that's probably at the root of it, right? And the other thing is the the standards are being driven by people that don't dive but are 
more uh, appropriately called lawyers <laughs> that may or may not have any diving experience. They're, they are examining cases and looking for the easiest way to make pros and not get sued. That's why you have, uh, you know, the blow and go. You have all that shit. You don't have an emphasis on taking care of business underwater, solving problems underwater, using your skill set. You have a, okay, you can always just throw your weight belt off to the side and just fly to the surface. So when they find your drowned body because you didn't do that, they can say, well, we taught them. We taught them to throw the weight belt off. They didn't do it. Pilot error. So, I mean, that's... It's more in depth than that, though, James. But yeah, yeah. And if if the instructors, if the bar for instructors was higher than yeah. it is, the the instructors would have a much more internalized understanding of the psychology of diving, mm-hmm. a spirit underwater. You know, more of more of an association with being underwater than just the better equipment to pass on to the students. Right, and don't die kind of thing. Let me ask you a question. Do you, in your agency that you, your main agency that you teach for, do they teach a uh, buoyant emergency ascent? Of course. Right. Okay, I guess they have to. It's part of RSTC standards. Yeah. yeah. But, I, I mean, I ne- in a tech class, you've never learned that. Of course, you can, I mean, you, you'll die. You'll, you'll be dead. Of, of course. Yeah, yeah. But... That, again, I guess it goes to show. Well, he, well, here's the deal. Like, so I, I get what you're saying. Like, so what I teach is, hey, there's this skill called the emergency swimming ascent that you need to know because it's part of this the standards from RSTC that every diver right. needs to know this <laughs> skill. Now, a lot of instructors spend a lot of time getting that skill just right mm-hmm. instead of spending a lot of time teaching the student how to never get in, into a situation <laughs> where they need to do and yeah. just bail out and blow to the surface mm-hmm. in a frenzy of panic. Yeah. So Christina Zanato, you know, a couple months ago had on her Instagram wrote this article this is where I where I saw it about when are you going to get a real job? It was a real cool little multiple page article that she'd wrote talking about how so many people consider a dive instructor like a side job to to fill your time to give you something else to do not being like a real job <laughs> really right and 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 yeah kind of bringing out how it's normally a low paid job yes it's a very for the for the mainstream instructor yeah which is unfortunate and and especially the people that have really gone to make it an art and and craft themselves in the water she writes kind of in this post, she said that the fact is that being a scuba diving instructor is not only an amazing job, but it's a real job. In all fairness, it's not an easy job. And when done professionally, it requires physical stamina, mental attention and focus, customer service, attitude, technical capabilities that can vary from driving boats to repairing gear used in different environments topped off with a constant source of energy and a never-dying smile. It's a job that requires keeping up to date with the information delivered, requires a fairly high investment in tools, gear, and knowledge. 
people who are interested can grow in this industry and make this a lifelong career. The number of long-term, full-time scuba diving professionals is not a small one. Unfortunately, she says, there seems to be a disconnection between those who have achieved a certain level and the ones who are just starting, of which many will leave along the way. Yeah, I'd agree with her. I mean, that's a great way to put it. it to do it well takes a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of everything she said, right? <laughs> Not to mention, I mean, you've got to really you've got to work with people every day with st- strangers for the most part. You don't know who they are, and you have to keep that smile going. And you are responsible for their safety. Yeah, she says later on, we can't function underwater for an extended period of time without the aid of our gear. We would be as hopeless as if we were ejected into space without a spacesuit. Whenever we meet someone who is an airline pilot, never mind an astronaut, we think of them as extremely knowledgeable and accomplished. We value their work, and we are certain that their service will be delivered at the highest of standards. Admittedly, when we meet a scuba diving instructor or instructor trainer, we do not manifest the same level of appreciation and understanding of their work and value. We decide on their value based on observation of their work and performance. Our respect is a consequence of the personal delivery of each professional, not a consequence of perceived value. Many may think this is how people should be judged on their performance, but the problem is that there is no credit given to a diving professional. They are all believed of being a certain mediocre level unless proven differently. She says, we have diluted our own brand. In today's society, people will pay more money for one day at an amusement park than they would for a day of training of diving. (laughs) I mean, all good points. uh... People would pay more for a day at the amusement park Mm -hmm. than they would for a day of good quality scuba education. Well, I agree. I mean, we've, we, meaning the scuba industry, we've created this. We've done this. Yeah, I mean, and you look at somebody uh, like ourselves as diving professionals. I mean, I have a stack of cards I've, I've received over the years that's inches high. Yes, inches. Thousands upon thousands of dollars in gear (laughs) and classes and uh time right to to receive that you know trade school type education really at the end of it you know uh the decades of of classes and training and experience building right to think that i should be happy to be charging 99 dollars for a scuba class and not making not making a, a a trade school job wage is like why that thought even is accepted in the minds of diving professionals blows me away do you want me to tell you why i mean part of the reason is you are lumped in with the same ass hat that has 150 dives and is an instructor that's You're you right. and him you hold the same credential he's an instructor he's yep. an instructor to that person coming off the street to take scuba instruction Honestly, they don't know the difference. Actually, as you get older, they'll go, well, I don't want the old guy. I want this young, fit person. You know, not that you're hey, unfit. Hey, hey, Stop. hey, hey, uh, hey, whoa, whoa, blah, blah, whoa, blah, blah, blah. whoa. Yeah. Anyway, you, uh, you know what I mean? It's just a perception out there. And, and again, 
you you come in with a, a wealth of knowledge, huge level of experience in various environments. But these people, the people coming into the shop don't know that. And you're wise enough to know I'm not working for fucking ninety nine dollars. Right. Right. Okay. Anyways, let's uh let's get into this yeah. opinion article from Simon Pridmore from X-Ray Magazine. We've hit a couple of uh, Simon's things Simon's in the past. I'm, I'm sure we'll do more of his mm-hmm. in the future. I, I really dig his style of writing and uh, ability to his ability to, to tackle some of these concepts with an unusual twist for what you typically get out of a scuba magazine. Nice. You, know, you can find the magazine x-ray-mag.com that's the letter x-r-a-y-mag.com and he's got all kinds of cool stuff in there you know awesome photo work in there and stuff about you know ecology and science as much as news and opinions and travel and just a lot of really good stuff are there any naked lady pictures that's in XX X-ray <laughs> oh <laughs> I thought with the name like x-ray magazine But this article was entitled, uh, or is entitled, Going Pro, Part 1, To Dive Master and Beyond. To Dive Master and Beyond! (laughs) Nice. And I thought, like, coming off of what we just finished up with, uh, this is perfect. So let's jump into this one. All right. Because I think it's going to allow you to have a lot of fun and... uh, Good stuff for the people that uh, are only exposed to one magazine source, typically over here in the States, unless they get online and really start doing some looking themselves. But he starts off by saying, a thought that crosses the mind of many divers at some point in their diving lives is, do I have what it takes to be a full-time dive professional or even just start a scuba side hustle? The enticing concept that if you are a keen diver, you can turn your hobby into a career is one that commercial training agencies promote heavily because they make good money from instructor courses. Well, yeah. Yeah, when you're charging, you know, into the thousands for the, for the class. Right. I mean, uh, the, the instructor class, they're charging money for it. The open water class, they're giving it away. Yes. Again, that's their model. That's their model. Give away that open water class. Get them into the into the diving. But the thing is, when you give away that shit class, where they come away lacking skills and understanding, they just happen to have a card, they end up quitting the game, people. They're quitting. They come in and leave. Yeah, yeah. If you walk into a dive center with more than a few dives under your belt and say that you're thinking of going pro, nobody... We'll turn you away, he says. Nobody. Yeah, if, no. you've, got, if you've got your wallet right. open and you're thinking of, well. uh, you're standing there looking at that <laughs> you, going pro sign, nobody's ever going to say, you should really go get more experience. You should uh, get James, some more dives under your belt. I would go a you, little bit you've farther. Only, uh, Brandon, you've only been diving in this lagoon right here. <laughs> I would go as this far as you don't even need to have it. A certification if you walked in and said, never dove before, I never dived before in my life. I, uh, I'm thinking about becoming an instructor. They're like, well, have you got a free 
week to two weeks. We'll get you and, there. Yeah, and th- about that is yeah to three to four thousand dollars or more. You know, yeah, just uh, just sign on this blank check right here, and uh, exactly. we'll uh, we'll get you there. Exactly. He says there is no assessment process, no enrollment interview, no talent spotting. The fact that you are accepted as a candidate for a dive instructor course does not mean that someone has seen that you have the right attitude, aptitude, and personality. You have to decide this for yourself. And that is why I thought an article on the topic would be useful. And I agree. I think this is highly useful. This is something that people need to hear when thinking of going pro because it would elevate the game for all. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you look at other articles, and I'm sure there's there's many other articles out there. I know I've read some in my past, but, uh, hey, you're thinking about going pro? Well, here's what you need to know. They don't address, do you, do you have the right stuff to be a good professional? They just, uh, do you have your 100 dives? Do you like diving? Do you have your own gear? You are not submitting a job application when you say you want to become a dive instructor. You are buying a product, he says. And the agencies are very good at delivering this product. Very few people fail an instructor course, but not Hmm. many people subsequently succeed in forging a long-term career in scuba diving. Most folks quickly decide that the life of scuba professional is not for them at all. Well, they wise up sometimes. I mean, uh, working at the the mainstream shop kind of thing for well yeah because you're a working a couple hundred dollars a week putting in six yeah like six yeah. seven days a week 12 14 hour days for for what like give me a break dude right and the, the what you have to do on a daily basis while you are yes you are underwater blowing bubbles which is a great thing um that's that's the what you have but the I passion mean, for but yeah but I you mean, are the, also and, dealing with people you have a headache most every day from, you know, one – all it takes is just one person to kind of throw a little wrench in your, your spokes for, for the week, for that class. You're like, oh, God, I had this person. And there's a lot of them out there because they're coming in for cheap classes. You know, what kind of person does that? So what are the requirements? What talents and qualities do you need to have a good shot at a full-time or part-time career in diving? And he's gonna he's gonna give us a, a short summary of uh, what he sees as the key factors, and uh, yeah, this is a this is a cool little article. Cool. Um, but before we hit these, I'm gonna because I've been uh, re- reading through this, I'm gonna top up a coffee. All right, take a take a quick pee. All I'll right, meet you back. Pee break. <laughs> clear with the one, the only, PFAR, the professional's choice, 100% all natural, reliable clarity, PFAR, refill daily, keep your mask clear, never fear, PFAR with PFAR. Not going to be scientists. All right, so here's the key factors that Simon gives us. 
first one is diving technique. He says, your personal diving skills need to be excellent and instinctive so that you can devote 100% of your attention to the divers in your charge. But good technique alone does not make you a good dive instructor. Agreed. Yeah, this goes back to what you were saying, I think, last week about how you you have to be a good instructor if a good or diver. you have to be a good diver if you're going to be a, a good instructor. Right. And I it's like how he's saying Yeah, I like how he's saying that that doesn't necessarily make you a good instructor just right. if you're a good diver, which is why a lot of really good divers have no interest in teaching because they lack in a couple of these other areas and they they know that I could be a good mentor, but I don't want to sit there and teach you. Right, right. Because they might not have the people skills. They might not have the patience Yeah, to, to well, even want to do that. Yeah, there's so many other uh, uh, abilities. There's so many other aspects of your skill set that you need to you need to have to be a good instructor. That it, being a good diver is just one of them. You can't be a good instructor and not be a good diver. Yeah, and not only that is if you are still using brain activity to think <laughs> to think about yeah. your buoyancy and your trim and your your own control in the water mm-hmm. that is taking away from your awareness of what's going on with your students oh i so agree so your diving skill needs to be at that instinctive level that he's saying that mm-hmm. if if you have to think about it you don't really know it yet. Right. I'd agree with that 100%. Yeah. You don't have it down yet. Being underwater needs to be, you know, second nature or first nature even. First nature. Yes. It's got to be instinctive. Your knowledge, your diving knowledge should be well beyond the level you are teaching. Simply reading the material the night before the class is not enough. Scuba diving students are not passive drones. Many will be smarter than you and will have informed questions. It is very helpful to have some wider knowledge in related fields also. Subjects such as marine biology, human physiology, or gas physics. I would agree a thousand percent. You, especially in the the classes I was teaching, the teaching PhDs and physics and doctors uh medical doctors so their physiology their body their knowledge of how the body works is very high you have to be able to enlighten them if need be and be correct and be able to hold hold a conversation with that subject with someone of that degree of intelligence slash knowledge of the subject um otherwise you come across as listen I could have done this class to myself. I don't need you, kind of thing. Right. This is and this is why people want to get certified on scuba board and uh, right, exactly. And YouTube, right? It's because when you ask somebody to explain, you know, this explain this decompression stuff a little bit better, and all they have is the the the, the can of coke to shake up and talk <laughs> to you because you've run out of of their extent of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not going to come across as a as a professional, right? And with the internet available and people doing a lot of, you know, there may be, how should I call them, scuba files, if you will, people who maybe are not certified, but 
love the idea of scuba and, you know, I'm going to get certified. So I will attack this like I attack everything, which is I'll go on the Internet. I'll find discussion groups. I'll find forums. I'll find articles. And I will become super knowledgeable on the subject before I even enter the class. Like a lot of instructors and shop owners right now are annoyed by that. And they have been for years. They're like, oh, man, the, you know, the students coming in, they already, they already think they know everything. Well, it's like WebMD for doctors. You know, they, they right, get right. sick of uh, being the patients already self-diagnosed themselves. So it's hard to argue against the Internet. The Internet's a huge know-it-all presence. If somebody does come in experienced and knowledgeable mm-hmm. because they've read a lot, it does kind of also open up the door for you to really – Get deep into mm-hmm. into some knowledge with them, you know. Yeah, you could dazzle because them. they are they are already primed. I remember having two students years ago that uh, were were doing a, a private class with me, a father and son. You know, we get going in the into class one day. He goes, "Is this like DIR stuff?" Mm-hmm. And this we we started having that conversation. Yeah, and he's like all in, like mm-hmm. really want to know. He's like, "I I don't want just the." the sugar-coated bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, give me give me the info. Like, I, I've been researching this stuff on my own. And, and they continued to dive. They didn't l- come in, dive, and leave, say, okay, this is ridiculous. I don't feel good underwater. You know? No, th- I mean, they were... Scooters, well, twins, they went the full, you know, after gaining experience, traveling, going Great Lakes diving, going wanting to get into cave diving. Uh, they went diving a lot. They were very active. Wonderful ambassadors of yeah. what a scuba diver is and should be. Right, right. And that, I'm not. I, I do want to emphasize that I'm not saying everybody who comes to diving should take it to that level because that's that's not what I'm saying, and that's I don't believe that at all. I believe you know recreational level is awesome. It, it, being underwater is incredible. Just do it well. My recreational diver is a recreational diver for sure, but they're not a monkey kneeling on the bottom or, or grabbing shit with their hands underwater. Yeah, I mean, your daughter's a recreational diver. Very that's recreational she, diver. That's yeah. all she is, mm-hmm. yeah. But but she's a good recreational diver. Mm-hmm. She looks like what a diver should look like. Right. And she, you know, she doesn't dive as much as she'd like to, of course, but... Yeah, but what what holds her different is she's got a consistent performance to herself yes that's in line with where she should be she has a that's, solid that's base. of yeah yes. of of yeah of good foundational diving ability yeah right and i'll tell you what i i taught her in the same time it took to teach any open water student she was ready to rock and roll and that's because she didn't see shit in the water she didn't see anybody kneeling she didn't see anybody using their hands to move around and she just did. She mimics what what she sees. Yeah. So it's that not, that right there is huge. She's not that good because you gave her two hundred hours of instruction right. in order to get her open water right. card. Mm-hmm. So it goes to the quality of the instructor there. Yeah, and uh, old Simon just mentioned to us having the knowledge base, and then the next thing he brings up is experience. Mm-hmm. He says you have experience of a variety of types of diving and diving environments. Thank you, Simon. Your your breadth of experience will be more valuable than the number of dives you have done. Mm-hmm. 
you will find yourself drawing on this when you need to find a context to illustrate a teaching point. Agreed, 1,000%. I mean, the, the difference— I mean, This is something you say time and time again. Yes, it's the, it's the, the experience base, the different, differing environments. A 1,000 dives in one little local pond versus 500 dives in ocean, lake, cold water— murky water, caves, cenotes, caverns, shipwrecks, that 500 dive diver has way more to offer the new diver than this 1,000 plus experienced diver in a, in a you know, single place or a couple of places. Yeah, you could almost say that if, if the industry is going to stick with you need 100 dives to become an instructor – it would be better to say you need a minimum of 20 dives in five different environments. Much better. Yeah. Than, than just having 100 dives at one dive site, which you could literally so, do. And that's what they do. And then, you know, some of them even count their pool dives. It's, it's ridiculous. But, yeah, right there, just what you said right there, improved the new instructor base a thousandfold. In my humble opinion, just to do that would improve it a thousandfold. You know, uh, old Jason Meany on that dram of diving the other yeah. the other day, you know, made a good point about it's not that you've done a hundred dives, you've done one dive a hundred times. Very you good know, in that discussion. Yeah. I thought I thought that was really well well yes. said. Well, he's a smart that's guy. A, that, that's a that's a really good point that people need mm-hmm. to see the differentiation between right that and that's what you mean by experience right breadth getting getting comfortable and getting in the groove and then just cycling through it 99 more times isn't the same as doing 99 different dives from where things are coming at you from different angles Mm -hmm. you have to do something on the dive in other words i know instructors that don't don't want to slash can't tow the flag with them while diving they they won't blow a marker bag they they definitely don't want to get a camera to them but they can't do oh, anything other than just swim in a direction yeah because they're gonna have to stop being an instructor <laughs> while while they're trying to exactly. blow a marker bag mid-dive because right. all of their attention is going to go to that bag exactly so you have to task load yourself a bit you have to push yourself you have to start doing more than just being underwater and breathing since there's more to diving than being underwater and breathing. So. Next, he talks about vocation and says that you need to have a teaching vocation. If you have done teacher training, are already a teacher or trainer in another walk of life, and like what you're doing, so much the better. As a dive instructor, you will spend most of that time teaching. If you do not get excited at the prospect of passing on the joy of the sport and seeing a diver's eyes light up when they conquer the fears and finally get it, then you will not remain a dive instructor for long. He says, the other reason I place vocation so high on this list is that jobs in scuba diving are not well paid. So you will need to have the same sort of dedication that other professionals like nurses or school teachers have in order to endure long, difficult working hours for little financial reward. Right. You, you, they mentioned those yeah, other, you, other vocations, and, <laughs> you know, 
they too prey on the passion of, of the person doing the job. That's why they're right. not well paid. Yeah. Right. Like the like the EMS yeah. guys out there that are, you know, working their asses off. Right. You need to have people skills. Obviously, right? You're dealing with people every single day. He says dive professionals have to be people persons as their whole day is spent interacting with people. Many scuba instructors in the early days were not so much people who liked people. They were people who liked ordering other people around. Today, <laughs> they were the world who is... liked ordering other people around. Wait a hey, you, you, go pick up those tanks. You, get over here. <laughs> Give me a massage. My neck hurts. You. <laughs> well, my uh, toenails. You think of like back the instructors that we had back in uh, in the the late eighties. A little more militant. Yeah, and a lot of them were coming out of, they were becoming scuba instructors at the time, you know, in the in the 70s, 60s and 70s when they yeah. were going through. You know, they were, they were probably in, a, you know, a military setting, and the classes were definitely a, more of a military structure. Well, there was a them. lot of ex-military so divers that came out to become, what are you going to do? You're, go- you're going to become... An instructor, because you have the knowledge, the skill base, the experience to to do it. But and they did it well, but they sometimes turned people off. So as far right. as the mar- marketability of the classes, the uh, the happy, wonderful kumbaya world that the industry was trying to make, you know, a, a more lucrative scuba economy, we started to realize. We need to be a little bit softer in that approach. And Simon says, today the world of scuba diving is very different. Sympathy and empathy are the key words. If you can develop bonds easily and have the capacity to understand what someone is experiencing from within their frame of reference, you will make a good dive instructor. And I think it's the ability to adapt to your students is that understanding and that empathy that you need to have to be successful, still be able to keep your standard, still be able to have your expectation, but being able to adapt your presentation and your game to fit the student and find their struggles and get them to understand it is the important part, especially in today as an instructor. Well, yeah, it's um, there's a lot more just do it there's a lot more acceptance of you know i can't i can't so you you've got to twist the way you do things and try to try to get what their where where their struggle is actually growing from where is it starting at what is the cause of the root cause of the struggle yeah there's so many instructors and and shops out there that you know they'll have you know somebody comes in to take class you know and the you know the guy walks in wearing his you know Army Ranger t-shirt or his uh, Navy SEAL t-shirt. You're like, okay, he's definitely going with Hank. You know, uh, he's going in Hank's yeah. class because Hank, Hank, Hank really works well with all those military types. Uh, and Depends you got the, you the, learn, the tim- yeah. The, you got the timid girl. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna put her in Jill's class because you know Jill is uh, you know Jill More can handle the you know the right. Jill is the, that that good instructor is the one who. Right, because in that example, Hank and Jill have their way 
Mm-hmm. And if their student follows their way, they can teach a good class. But when something out of the norm comes up, right. they might have difficulty adapting. That mm-hmm. really good instructor is able to manipulate their own game in a way that they can get both of those polar opposites yeah. to learn and be excited at the end and be good divers as well. Yeah, and that's a, that's a difficult uh, skill to have. That's a, a difficult that's, – that's a – yeah, an unusual skill. It's not common. You need to have an inner calm. Groups of divers are composed of free-thinking, unpredictable, excitable individuals who can disrupt your carefully laid plans in an instant. The limits of a dive instructor's ability to remain calm are tested every day. Literally every <laughs> day. Uh, yes. Ever- <laughs> Three days. That's why they usually they have drinking problems. But uh, yeah, it's it's hurting cats for many groups. You know, like I I use my experience as a father of four, where as I've grown in this position as being a father of four, the the chaos that can happen on a daily basis for you know any given day. Right. Right. Uh, it's unmatched. You you just have to sit and watch. I've developed having a good sense of humor about it anymore. I I no longer think, oh, it has to go exactly as I've got it planned. I have to be able to be flexible and move with it and roll with it and still get the end result by uh, hurting these cats to where the way, you know, the way I want them to, to be herded kind of thing. So it doesn't always go as exactly as you have planned in your mind with uh, scuba students either. But you have to roll with it. Yes, because you also need time management skills. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's why you better be able to get into your gear quick, correctly, and and help others quickly. And Especially if you're planning like on going somewhere like yeah. and you're going to be an instructor that's – on a daily basis, the boss is going, you got to teach these guys. You got to go do this class. You got to yeah. go do this. You know, not so much like you have up here in the in the Midwest where you work a day job and then a couple nights a week I'm going to teach a scuba class right. you know, every, every month or two. You know, if you're going to be an instructor in the Cayman Islands, in the Bahamas, in the Philippines, you know, in Bali – you are going to be working that as an actual job where you got to physically get the job done as well as get the job done well. Right. Simon says it is crucial for a dive instructor to know how to manage time. Whether you are teaching a course or leading a group of divers, you are always limited by time. You have to exercise time discipline yourself and ensure that your students and customers do likewise, all without spoiling the fun. It is a tough balance to achieve. Very much so. You know, and a a lot of instructors do the class, you know, like like around here where where you'll have that instructor that's willing to work one-on-one with a student and give them their whole entire life of time. Again and again and again and again and again for that same $99 fee because mm-hmm. they, they feel so committed to the right. to the student, right? 
which is wonderful if you've got all that freedom because you're just doing this as a side gig rather than taking the time to really become that well-experienced, good instructor who can manage time because they've got that experience behind them. They can get the job done as well as get the job done really good. The thing is, it's difficult to find that person or keep that person when you're trading all their time for $99 a student. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, ultimately, that's, that, that's right why we're, where we go to employability. Yeah, I would say ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, the person has to be able to put food in their mouth as an instructor. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's the keeping them around that continually shows as the hard part in this. Mm-hmm. If you see becoming a dive instructor as an opportunity to leave home and head for an exotic tropical destination, you will find plenty of job vacancies. Dive instructors often burn out or move on. Recognize, however, that you will be competing in an international job market where everyone has your diving qualifications and more. So you must have other strings to your bow, too. In order to find work, the ability to speak a number of languages is very useful. And as a work background as a mechanic or in the hospitality, service, or travel industries... If you plan to stay at home and teach diving part-time as a side hustle, then your success will depend on finding a local dive center through which to teach and coming up with a hitherto untapped source of potential scuba diving students beyond your family and friends. (laughs) Have a viable business plan before embarking on your instructor course. True. This is one of the big mistakes that so many people have when they get that. They you know they go they they go to that IDC, they take that instructor course, they walk into the dive shop, they show their open water scuba instructor card to the shop owner, and they go, "Okay, give me some students." <laughs> yeah, right. The 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 shop owner's not just going to give you students. Right. Yeah, at first, they're probably going to want you to bring students to their dive shop <laughs> yeah. to show that you are going to be a viable instructor for them. Mm-hmm. You know, just getting that card doesn't mean people are just going to start handing you students to teach scuba too. Right. You do have to have some kind of plan of where you're going to teach. Do you have an idea? The last one he brings up is fitness. Right. Being a being a tank monkey takes some work. Now you're you're. You're hot hauling bottles around and working physically every day. Agreed. S- Simon says you need to be physically and mentally fit. Full-time scuba instructors dive between 15 and 30 times a week and work long hours. A lot of that time involves hauling gear and loading and unloading trucks and boats. And they're also on stage for much of that time. Keeping the customers happy and entertained. There's not much downtime. And in high season, there's very little time off. You be working. You be working. You be tap dancing and working. Yeah, that's the thing is you have a crappy day. Doesn't matter. You you can't bring it into the dive shop. You know, you you get in a fight with your significant other. You you can't take that out on the dive boat with you. You've got to be... Happy, you know, <laughs> riding yeah. the surf on the bow of the boat, you know, uh, playing the role, 
you know, doing the do it dancing to Tone Loke. You know, you got to be doing the doing that funky Cole Medina. Job. You need and, to be doing the funky Cole Medina all day long, right? And at the same time, you're you're hauling gear, moving weights, you know, carrying tanks, tying the boat, untying the boat, you know, getting people in and out of the water. Yeah, you need to be drinking Catnip. the funky Cole Medina. <laughs> A lot right. of the funky Cole Medina. Now. Simon ends this by talking about the dive master myth. The myth He's, of the dive master. He solves all your problems. He, she, she is your dream dive master. What, what is the myth of the dive master? It starts back at a shimmering surface of the water. Dive ancient master Greece. <laughs> looked into the water in ancient Greece. <laughs> saw their own reflection and fell in love with themselves. <laughs> you will have noticed that despite having referred to the role of dive master in the title of this piece, I have mostly discussed becoming a dive instructor. It may be that you want to guide divers rather than teach them. Unfortunately, Although the training agencies refer to dive master as a professional qualification, in practice, if right. you hail from a country that likes to think of itself as first world, it is almost impossible to find a paid job in scuba diving if you are not at least an instructor. I'd agree with that 1,000%. Yeah, and, and most of the people that I know that have taken off as dive masters to the islands, the first thing they do when they get there is th they're starting their IDC. Yeah. Yeah, you need you need to uh, to be an instructor. You need to have that flexibility. To teach yeah, because, if you need be. yeah, just because even with, like when you're out on the boat, even in, from the perspective of the, the the shop manager, the shop owner, you know, you as only being a dive master limits them to what they can let their customers do with you. So right. it's better off having an instructor playing the dive master role. That right. particular day, which is typically what you're going to see. That's the reality of it, especially Agreed. in the places where you have full time work in the scuba industry. Yeah. yeah you know, they, they we're, we're not talking here the guy who's a dive master and, you know, uh, once a month he goes out on the boat and, you know, guides a dive. Right. That's. that's not what we're talking to because that's all you can do, which is why the shops, especially in these busy places, are going to want you to be an instructor. Simon says, generally speaking, the only people without instructor qualifications who can find paid work as guides or dive masters are people from countries where economic levels are much lower than in the West. These folks earn extremely low salaries, and the main reason they are not instructors is that they cannot afford the course fees which everywhere in the world are set at first world levels. He mentions this is a shameful aspect of the sport diving industry that will no doubt be the focus of a future article in this series. There you go. There's no fast food instructors coming out, just fast food divers. Or fast well, food, they're not being becoming instructors with fast food rates, I should say. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, unfortunately, when you, uh, when you get to that level... You're paying thousands for a class, right? Which then, is a bit of a, a bit of a slap in the face when you're used to that ninety nine dollar class price, right? All of a sudden, whoa, thousands! And then you have to get your insurance, and then of course you pay your dues to the agency, and 
Yeah, so that first, just to get over that hurdle, you're going to throw several thousand dollars into that. Well, hey, this is um, this was an interesting article. It was a two-part article about going pro. The second part is uh, the road from instructor to dive professional. Ah. Interesting, right? Mm, interesting. Yeah. He, and he says right there in the subtitle, wait, wait, wait. Uh, you may say that when you read the title of this column, what are you talking about? Aren't those two the same thing? No. Isn't the dive instructor by definition a scuba professional? And what do you mean by road? So we might have to uh, tackle this next one, part two, another time. Yeah, I would like that. I think uh, there's a lot of uh, good information out of this first one. I, I especially like the emphasis put on, just hey, just because you're an instructor doesn't mean, A, you're going to be working, B, you're going to be good at it. <laughs> you know, it's because you have that card. You need certain uh, characteristics or or traits to be a good instructor, and you need to get experience, man. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of those uh, he went over here. So, uh, yeah, check him out, xraymag.com, or you can uh, check out, you know, Simon's page, simonpridmore.com. Uh, he's uh, he's an author of a, a bunch of books, mm-hmm. um, a lot of good stuff out there. So we'll definitely be doing part two of this coming up and uh, some more of his stuff. I, I always like his perspective on, on things. So this yeah. has been fun. Agreed. Well, hey, on that note, let's, uh, let's sign some logbooks. Let's sign some logbooks. Okay, Jamesy. Brando. Yes. Your inner calm... Is struggling today. I don't it know. Might I thought have I something to do with the people skills and. Um... Uh, dear Jamesy, the consummate entertainer, always on stage, always smiling. Stay, uh, stay pro. Hey man, it's uh, it's high season for Great Dive Podcast. Right, it's now. high so season. I got, I got, I'm smiling. I gotta, be, gotta keep smiling, baby. <laughs> All right, everybody, we'll see you next week for some more. Next week's Halloween, isn't it? That's a Halloween one. Is it? What is today? Yeah, next next week's going to be the Halloween show. Yeah, the 30th. We'll see you next week for some Halloween spooktacular. Okay, that podcast. Spooktacular. All right, everybody. Safe time, folks. I said ol, ol apostle. Oh, okay. That's a term of endearment. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I took it wrong. I call you old Uh, Jamesy, and that's because you are old. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you you call me old Jamesy. Oh, oh wow. Old ass, old ass Jamesy.